0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Roziel, and I'm the host of the show where I get to talk to Olympic athletes, hopefuls, and legends on their story and path to the games. Today, our very first rock climber, Kyra Condi, USA rock climbing potential 2020 Olympian. Kyra was so much fun to talk to. Obviously, my first rock climber I've been able to have a conversation with on a recorded medium. She was super knowledgeable about the sport, everything that's going on, explaining a lot of the stuff and how the Olympics process works, which I think is really, really interesting. I'm very, very grateful that. I had the opportunity to get her on. We talk about her time at the Pan American Championships, what her event was like um, only a month and a half ago, if I'm not mistaken, on ESPN. So it was a lot of fun talking to her with the actual opportunity. Pretty soon, she's going to have a, a potential qualifying uh, opportunity for the Olympics coming up very, very soon. So we're very excited. So without further ado, here is Kyra kondi All right. And welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Raziel. And today, I get to hang out with a rock climber, Kyra Condi, of USA Rock Climbing, a potential 2020 Olympian. We're going with Hopeful. I think she's going to make the team, but we're going with Hopeful. Born June fifth, nineteen 1996, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Started rock climbing at 11, which was in 2008. She underwent vertebrae surgery to connect a spinal deformation... Ten vertebrae if i'm not mistaken in 2010 attended the university of minnesota and graduated in 2018 she won the gold at the 2018 pan-american championships in the women combined she won gold at the 2019 u.s climbing combined invitational and will be on team usa to potentially make her bid for the olympics for the 2020 team and that's a mouthful so i'm gonna let her explain it at some point but kyra thanks for hanging out with me today i appreciate it yeah i'm happy to be here It's a pleasure. Believe me, I'm not going to the Olympics anytime soon, so the pleasure is all mine. I promise you that. Um, But let's just get right into it. So grew up in Minnesota, Minneapolis. I only hear great things um, from the songwriters. uh, You know, you got Prince, you got Atmosphere, some of my favorites. Um, Tell us what it was like. When I think of Minnesota, I'm not going to lie to you, I don't think of mountains. You got to help me out there.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. Minnesota is definitely a pretty flat, you know, Midwest classic area. And um, I actually really grew up climbing in the gym because that's really the only option you have here. But before I started actually climbing, I was definitely on the wrong sides of playground structures, you know, trying to get on my roof, uh, on top of my fridge, things like that. You know, I was just never on the ground safely. So uh, my parents tried to take me to the gym whenever possible. And I actually got my start in climbing through a birthday party at the gym.
0: No way. That's adorable.
1: Yeah. A friend of mine at school like held their birthday party there and the guy, you know, kept pointing me at climbs to get on, like the guy who was running the birthday party. And I um, just kept doing them. And he then eventually told me about a team that was at the gym, and I joined it. And then then it's all history from there. (laughs) Isn't
0: it funny how some of that stuff works? I mean, some of these people, some of you incredible Olympians and athletes that I get to talk to, um, it's just like the weirdest one off little thing that leads to you know, it's a fork in the road. And you could have been like, No, it's cool. I'll keep climbing on my fridge. And instead you were like, no, let's, let's see what this is like. And then you got, were able to join a, a rock climbing team. And I mean, such a young age, I think that that's just so, so incredible. What exactly, so you said growing up, you were always climbing things and doing things of that nature, but what was it about the, the sport, I guess, that really drew you in and made you say like, no, let me, you know, 12 year old, 11 year old Kyra, I want to keep doing this.
1: I think there's two things. One of the things is that team sports were never my thing. I just uh, didn't like, you know, losing because of something that was out of my control to be like, totally honest. I'm like really competitive and I liked either it being completely on me, like the responsibility of either winning or losing It's like, if I lost, I wanted it to be my fault. And if I won, I wanted it to be my doing. And so, uh, an aversion to, uh, team sports I think was the first thing and the second thing is that climbing is always different you're never doing the same thing twice uh even in competitions or outdoor even climbing it's like you're always doing different movements different styles you're connecting different things like uh and it's just so versatile and I think that really um intrigued me so
0: I think that is super cool and just to extend it another level like you know as you said winning and losing is 100% on you climbing and falling is also 100% on you too so I guess just that added pressure and that added um Uh, benefit I guess one way or another you'd like to look at it I think that's pretty pretty interesting well again do you know your friend can we shout her out or him out for uh, for that birthday party that potentially gave us an Olympian
1: uh, you know, I think it was just someone random from my elementary school, so... Oh, it
0: was one of those birthday parties. Okay, cool. Yep. I, I remember those. Yeah, it was like, oh, everyone in the class is invited. Yeah, come on, let's go. That's too cute. Oh, my um, goodness. Think, yeah. But yeah, let's let when you get your gold medal, let's remember that person in the speech and just kind of bring them up. They'll know who they are, I bet, more than you'll remember who they are. Uh, that's
1: fantastic.
0: <laughs> That's too funny. Um, so you got into climbing, and then a couple years after you got into climbing, you needed to go vertebrae surgery. Tell us a little bit about that. And I guess some of the, I mean, you were super young at the time, right? You were like 13, 14 years old.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I was 13 shortly after, uh, the surgery or right before. Um, I basically got diagnosed with idiopathic adolescent scoliosis. Idiopathic basically just means they don't know what caused it. Sometimes scoliosis can be caused by like a tumor or something like that. And mine was just completely, it, I just grew into it. And, um, basically it started by, I would be complaining about my back and I wasn't much of a complainer. I like never told my mom if I was sick or anything like that, I would just go to school. And so when they, when I was complaining about it, my parents were like, okay, something must actually be wrong. And I actually met a friend at the gym who was like, you know, much older than me, but he was a climber as well. And I asked him cause he was a physical therapist. I was like, Oh, do you think you can check me for scoliosis? I think I might have it. Uh, cause I'd been like, you know, Googling or something and found that might be something that, uh, be, could be causing my back pain. And, uh, so he had me do the test for it and he was like, yeah, you definitely have it. You should go see the doctor and get an x-ray. And so we went to the doctor, got an x-ray and I remember I had searched and it said like, okay, if it's under 25 degrees, then you don't really do anything. If it's between 25 and 45 degrees, then you usually get a brace. And if it's above 45 degrees, then you sometimes need surgery. And I was like, well, there's no way that it's over 45 degrees. Like there's no possible way that I'll need surgery. Like I would, I would know if it was that bad. Um, but I might need a brace, you know, like that might be, that's Okay. And then my doctor calls me back and she's like, Oh, your, your spine is 52 degrees. And I just burst into tears. It was like, I just knew I was going to need surgery at that point and like I was just scared of what that meant for climbing and everything at that point. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how, how that went. But I actually, now I'm pretty thankful that the surgery happened when it did. I was kind of in a phase of climbing slash life where I could have lost a lot of motivation. Like, you know, being in middle school, wanting to hang out with friends, and like not really wanting to go to the gym and train. Um, and instead, climbing got taken away from me with the surgery, and it just like sparked, you know, you know, even more of an interest in it and a, I guess, fire. You know, mm-hmm, <laughs> going to mm-hmm. go like the the cheesy route. Um, and so, like because of that, like I trained way harder when I was able to get back into climbing, and uh, I actually didn't like win my first youth national championships until after my back surgery.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so it did work out. And of course, what's the to just play on your cheesy part? What is it? Um, distance makes the heart grow fonder, right? So yeah, taking exactly climbing away so. from you um, really was then able to kind of keep you motivated. Because yeah, it's one thing if you go occasionally, it's still there, you're not really losing it. Um, but once it's really taken away, it's hard to get it back uh, without really wanting it and needing it. So I think that's really interesting. Well, again, fork in the road. It worked out thankfully. And then as you said, you won your next, uh, you won a a youth nationals after that. So that's incredible. So one thing I want to do, take a little step back from you and actually just go to the sport of climbing. So as many people may or may not know, climbing will be in the 2020 Olympic games, which I think is super, super cool. It's always interesting watching athletes, um, that I don't really get to see very often. And that, to me, is what the Olympics is. It's sports that I only watch, unfortunately, once every four years. But the stories are incredible. The athletes are incredible. And, and the feats that they're doing completely blow my mind because there's nothing I can't even – I've tried to rock climb before. It didn't work out that well. Let's just start with that. <laughs> um, but if you don't mind, I know there's a couple different uh, disciplines within climbing. It might sound – you know, a little crazy to some people out there, but I think there's three or four, if I'm not mistaken. So if you don't mind kind of giving us a rundown of each one and and telling us a little bit about what you do specifically and how it might differ from the others.
1: Yeah, totally. So I, there are three kind of distinct aspects to climbing. There's bouldering, uh, lead climbing and speed climbing. Speed climbing is really only a competition sport. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas lead climbing and bouldering, you can also do outside, like in nature. Um, and I personally like bouldering the best. And so I'll talk about it first. Perfect. Bouldering is when it's shorter walls and you don't, um, you don't use a rope. The only protection you have is a pad on the ground. So when you fall, you don't you know fall to hard ground. Um, and typically the movements are like harder, more powerful and more risky because you get multiple tries. You get to get back on the wall in a competition setting and try it again. Whereas lead climbing is when you have a rope and it's usually longer, it's, it's, always longer, I guess I should say. It's usually more like 50, 60 feet. uh, And you basically take the rope up with you and clip it in as you go so that when you fall, you fall to your last point of safety. Uh, And that's kind of typically more endurance-based. So kind of bouldering is like power strength. And then um, lead climbing is more endurance, um, precision, things like that. And then speed climbing is exactly what you think. Um, It actually stays the same the wall is standardized and it's the same holds and the same angle and the same distance apart always and um, it's 15 meters and it's basically just how fast you can do it and that in competition works as a elimination bracket so you have a qualifiers where people get seated into top 16 or worse and in that case you don't uh, make it into the finals and then the finals you have first against 16th place and then it's elimination whoever wins that race gets on to the next race Uh, And then you have one against eight in the next round and then one against four in the next round. And so that's how speed climbing works. And then the Olympic format actually combines all three disciplines into one. Uh, We were only given one medal for this Olympics since it's our first time being in the Olympics. And so instead of just taking one aspect of competition climbing, uh, the international Federation of sport climbing uh, decided that it would be better to show off all three disciplines. And so we made a combined format where um, it's, a combination of lead climbing, bouldering, and speed climbing.
0: Very. And so that is, so you get one medal for all of our, it's not like a team competition. It is a specifically an individual competition and whoever's best overall wins.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Okay.
0: Very interesting. Cause that then is a very easy foray into a team competition where then you have three athletes that each come. So, so next Olympics, you'll have three medals. So look at that or two medals at least. So that's easy. I, I did it for you. You're great. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're
1: actually, yeah, we're hoping to eventually get three medals where we can have, uh bouldering by itself, mm. metal, by itself with the metal, league climbing by itself with the medal and speed climbing by itself with a medal.
0: Very cool. I love it. Well congratulations again on just the opportunity. I think that's really interesting. So uh one thing you told me uh before we we hopped on is, you know, so so bouldering's your favorite. So I assume that's kind of your um your main main course, let's call it. But then with the Olympics coming, you obviously have to be good at the other Two now right so you have to be good at lead climbing you have to be good at speed climbing because if not then you're not going to medal and you're or you might not even make the olympics so how has training changed maybe going from you know 80 90 whatever percent bouldering to now having to kind of spread that out across all three disciplines
1: yeah so it absolutely has changed a lot so i am primarily a boulderer, which i was saying is kind of like strength power things like that and um to make it to the Olympics, it takes your rank in each discipline, essentially. So, like, if you get a first place in bouldering and then, like, a fifth place in lead and then maybe you're really bad at speed climbing and you get, like, a 30th place, they take those all multiplied by each other. And so, the, the higher up you do, like, the, the lower rank you get, so first, second, third, um, the better your entire ranking will be and that you'll have a better chance of either winning or qualifying, things like that. Um, so, my training has actually, part of it means that it's really important to be good at one discipline, because if you can get that first place or even top 10 in uh, one discipline, it's really important and it can move you up a ton. Uh, Because even if you have like a one and like a, you know, 10, 10, you're, you only have a hundred points. Whereas somebody who gets maybe 10th, 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 all the way across, like it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot different. Um, A
0: thousand, I think. So,
1: yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) um, So, my training has been still focused primarily on bouldering. And then I have been mixing in a lot of lead and speed training as well. um, Because I think I really excel in bouldering and that's my chance of getting that low rank Mm -hmm. essentially. And so I've been trying to maintain my bouldering strength and even improve while um, increasing my endurance and then my speed climbing just kind of on the side.
0: Yeah. And those kind of sound, I mean like, power and strength and then speed and endurance they're not opposites but they're definitely the closest thing i can think to of opposites like how how are you able to still maintain but also just get better at something where it's not really correlating i guess if that makes sense
1: yeah i think it's really hard actually and that's what a lot of the athletes this year have been struggling with it's a way it's a method of competition that we're not used to um so a lot of athletes around the world have completely changed their their structure, like m- many boulderers who've never done lead climbing competitions, are suddenly doing lead climbing competitions because you know it's the Olympics and we're all really excited at this possibility. Um, but for me at least, speed climbing and bouldering actually go hand in hand a lot better than um, bouldering and lead do. So, even though like powerful movements and strong movements that you find in bouldering can help you on lead climbing, yeah, it's that endurance that is so hard because if you focus completely on endurance, you lose a lot of that strength and power that you need in bouldering. And so what I've been doing personally is I do a full, like normal bouldering training session. And then at the end, um, I do endurance to like maintain and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully improve, but it's a lot slower process. So I've had to start like a long time ago to try and keep slowly building that endurance space while I don't lose any of my like strength and power from bouldering.
0: Very interesting. And wh- where did you come up with this like idea to start training? Like how did uh, this come about?
1: Like, uh, this method of training has been like totally my own. I actually don't have a coach or anything. Uh, I haven't worked with a coach since I was like first joined that team when I was like 12. So, uh, it's kind of all on my own. I do a lot of training by myself and I've taken methods from, you know, just talking to other people and things mm-hmm. like that, but, uh, mostly doing a lot by myself, I guess.
0: Well, Hey, whatever you're doing is working. So I'm going to, from a non-technical or non-rock climbing standpoint, keep doing what you're doing. Sounds like you're doing a great job. Um, and then just out of curiosity, where do you stand in the rankings for all three of these um, right now?
1: So for bouldering this season, uh, I ended up in top 20, which is, which is quite good. Lead climbing hasn't been going quite as well as I wanted. There's not as much room for error in lead climbing because, you, like I said, in bouldering, you get multiple tries. In league climbing, you don't. It's that one try that you get. And so um, any errors that you make can be, like, really costly, and I had that happen at a couple competitions. Um, but as far as speed climbing goes, um, of the people who are very good in all three disciplines, like all very good combined athletes, um, I'm one of the fastest. So I'm, I'm pretty confident in my speed climbing and bouldering, and then I just need to get that uh, confidence up for league climbing.
0: So are you even – I guess – you're not even really worried about all the athletes. You're really just worried about the ones that are trying to compete at this. So if like five people ahead of you in bouldering aren't even within, or aren't even trying for this combined, you're not really even worried who's ahead of you at that point. Right? Like, does that, does it, am I hearing that correctly?
1: Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Um, and so right now, actually, so the way, um, I'll get to Olympic qualification in a second, I guess, but, um, I'm currently ranked 17th as far as combined athletes go. Okay, and So like that's that's quite good because only 20 athletes will get to go to the Olympics in general. So,
0: all right. Well, or 20,
1: 20 men and 20 women, I should say.
0: Even better. 40. That's awesome. Heck yeah. Let's do it Kyra. Let's go. Um, all right, cool. Well, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Now let's get back to, I guess we were on you for a little bit, but let's keep going. So you went to the university of Minnesota, golden gophers, right? PJ Fleck, if I'm not mistaken, let's row the boat. Um, what was your time there like? And, and uh, Again, just assuming you'd want to be outside climbing a lot, why Minnesota? I guess it was hometown?
1: Uh, Yeah, so I actually, interestingly enough, started at CU Boulder for one semester, and then I transferred back to Minnesota. So I tried getting out of Minnesota for a bit, and then I just uh, didn't really enjoy the school as much. And I Roped you right back um, in. Yeah, and so I came back to Minnesota. And I actually am really glad that I went there because they had a program in what I wanted. So I studied animal science pre-veterinary. And so eventually I want to go to vet school, but as of right now, I'm focusing on just climbing and I'm going to do that for as long as I can. Heck yeah. And this is the time to do it.
0: Vet school will Um, always be there. Don't worry. Your body won't always be in peak performance. Keep doing that. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And so, um, but I really enjoyed the university of Minnesota. They had a really cool animal science program. We have a bunch of uh, farms and animals actually that are part of the school. Uh, So that's kind of interesting. It's just a different perspective. Uh, I don't want to be a large animal vet. It would make me sad. (laughs) for many reasons but um i do really want to be a small animal vet so Mm -hmm. uh,
0: and and you were saying that there was a climbing team there is that more of like a club sport at the college level or is there like a ncaa or equivalent type um body that really does govern some of that
1: uh there's nothing that's ncaa or anything like that uh but there is a college league that's like run by usa climbing Uh, it wasn't quite as popular when I started school, it actually became more popular kind of my junior and senior year of college. And so I, I never got into it, but a lot of the people who are like a couple years younger than me, who I grew up competing with, a lot of them have done it and really enjoyed the the college series.
0: Very cool. And just out of curiosity around that, what, when was rock climbing, I guess, nominated and accepted to be an Olympic sport? Was it right around that time you were speaking about that it started to blow up a little bit?
1: Uh, it was pretty recent. I'm trying to remember if it was uh, – it was sometime after 2016, I know. Um, okay.
0: So that sounds around was, the time of your junior, senior year, right?
1: Yeah, it yeah. is. So
0: that, that. I guess that would make sense that the sport would get a lot more uh, – a lot more – hello – a lot bigger if it was then named a potential Olympic sport. So I guess I can kind of see and understand why so many more people would, uh, would want to join it at that point.
1: Yeah, that's true. I actually didn't think about that. But I know that uh, climbing in general, the climbing industry is expecting like – quite the increase after 2020
0: heck yeah let's do it and all those climbing documentaries that I've been watching recently they've been nuts but we'll get to that later too don't worry um very awesome well congratulations um graduated in 2018 potential veterinarian I think that'll be a lot of fun so um in 2018 just give me a timeline did you go to the Pan Am Games first or did you graduate first
1: um I graduated in uh the beginning of the year so Okay. I went, I graduated school and then I had a few months off and, um, then we had the Pan American championships.
0: Very cool. So tell us about that. was, was that your big, is that your first gigantic competition that you've been a part of, at least on the national level, I guess, or international um, level?
1: Not necessarily. So we've had a lot of, we've had world championships and world cups the last, like, you know, they've existed for forever for, and you know, in my mind, uh, yeah. but this is just the first time that we've had, um. You know, Olympics has a possibility for an international competition. So I've been to world championships and I've been to world cups uh, and youth Pan American championships, but this was the first um, adult Pan American championships that I went to. And what was really exciting about that one is that we got to compete in the Olympic format for the first time, which means doing all three disciplines in one day where you do a lead round, a bouldering round and a speed round. And so uh, that was just really valuable as far as like experience in competing in that method and then also um to win it was like a really big confidence boost because one of the methods for olympic qualification is to win the pandems uh
0: this mm. year okay and when are they
1: uh they'll actually i guess it's next year it's at the beginning oh, of the okay day,
0: okay very cool very cool so we got a little while so you can continue with your training methods and uh by then we're gonna be totally fine i can't wait uh, so what was that like i guess what was what was the Pan American Games like, or the Pan American Championships, I guess I'm, I'm saying that incorrectly. What was that like And really your first, did you get to put the Team USA jersey on? Like, what was that like?
1: Uh, yeah, we did. So um, we get to compete for the U.S. at that competition. And, you know, I love um, all the South American teams. Like, they're really awesome. And it's really cool to get to spend time with them as just, you know, competitors and mm-hmm. friends. Um, and so it's one of my favorite competitions that I've ever been to. It was in Ecuador. Uh, it's my first time being in Ecuador and I speak Spanish. So, um, it was, it was really fun to be there and I just, I really enjoyed the atmosphere in general. Um, but yeah, like it, it was a really good competition experience. And like I said, the, the biggest part was that it was in that Olympic format, which I'd mm. never competed in before.
0: And what was it like the first, cause of course you've been training for that for a while, but what was it like really the first time competing against some of the best athletes in the world? That's something that you're all pretty new at. That's, that's gotta be very interesting, right?
1: Yeah, it was it was really interesting, especially because a lot of us had never competed in that format. And it's really tiring. It's a really long day when you're doing all three disciplines. And so you start with speed and then you do an entire bouldering round and then you do lead. And so you have to stay focused for so long. uh, And that was really different. And um, it's just like very uh, intriguing, I guess, you know, to kind of see how it was going to work.
0: And did you, when you were there, did you pick up, I mean, I guess you were probably picking other athletes' brains, but like just by watching them and watching their competitions, was there anything like, do you have a little notepad that you're like, oh, that's a really great idea. Maybe I should look at it this way next time, especially because you do not have a coach and it's pretty much just you and, uh, and your own thoughts.
1: Uh, I do keep a, keep a training journal and I also keep track of training thoughts while I'm in there, like training and competing thoughts. Mm -hmm. So I have like, you know, like this is what I was thinking and feeling during this competition. I think that was bad or I think that was good. And I've tried to take notes of what people have told me um in that as well like you know whether or not like oh this is their method like maybe i should try and incorporate that and like oh i watched this person do this and warm up maybe i should try doing that next time too like things like that
0: very cool very cool. and i guess it was totally worth it well congratulations so you won gold there so it was your first time competing in it and you won so congrats that's pretty incredible right
1: oh uh, thank you yeah it was it was really exciting and um my parents were there too so they got to to watch it so that was nice. really
0: fun. and it was ecuador you're all your first time in ecuador
1: it was yeah
0: that's a great, honestly, go back to Ecuador. I hear it's incredible, but it's only going to get worse from there, to be honest. You're probably, not to back, yeah. <laughs> probably not winning gold medals. Probably not winning gold medals every time you're there though, but congratulations. That is so cool. Um, so with the Pan American Games or the Pan American Championships, as you said, that was the first time you found out or the first time you competed. And you, as you said, probably a year prior or maybe a year and change prior was when the Olympics did say, or the Olympic Committee said, yes, rock climbing is going to be a sport. At what point like what made you want to then say, okay, I want to compete at the Olympics for this sport. I love because I'm sure there's, especially with it being a new format, I'm sure there's a lot of athletes out there that are just like, no, I'm good. Don't really, you know, I like bouldering or I like league climbing. I don't really want to do the other one. What was the, what was the reason for you to want to try and compete?
1: Yeah. So what's kind of interesting is that, you know, climbing, growing up climbing and competition climbing for that matter. um, I didn't have the Olympic dream as like a, a yeah. site in the, mm-hmm. because climbing wasn't in the Olympics. So like if I had been a gymnast or if I had been, you know, in one of the other classic Olympic sports, I maybe would have had that Olympic dream. Like, Oh, I want to be an Olympian, but I just never thought it was going to even be a possible reality. So I think it took me kind of like a, a year and change for the, like that reality to even set in that climbing was going to be in the Olympics. Um, and then uh, it was also getting a little bit of pushback, not from the climbing community, but just the format. People weren't super happy about because Um, it's just a new format and people Mm -hmm. weren't really excited about it. Um, and so it took a while to be like, yeah, I knew immediately that that's what I wanted to do and that it was a goal, but it took a while to really like admit to, Mm -hmm. I guess myself and other people. Like I definitely started training harder and started, you know, focusing harder and changed my plans for the future things like that. All, all these things that I like did in my head, but I didn't really like talk about to anybody, you know, I didn't want to be that person who was like which is really dumb because it's really cool to want to be an Olympian. You know, like, it's awesome. It's a really cool dream, and it's a, an amazing opportunity. And so I think it just took me a little while to come to terms with that, I guess. Uh, yeah, the climbing I... culture is kind of interesting and alternative. So um, to have that, like, kind of classic dream is a, is a little different in that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could, I could totally see that. And um, I, can, I can understand how that's – there's almost – it, like it would it be is it like it's too mainstream using air quotes for everyone listening like is it it's like oh it's like not you know oh no we do this because we love to climb not for this that or the other thing like what why do you think that the climbing community is like that and like I, I agree like it's you're trying to be an Olympian that's literally one of the coolest most amazing things you can do in all of sport I don't care win the Super Bowl whatever being an Olympian there's literally nothing else like it so I think having that dream I don't think I think you share that with the entire world and hopefully through this medium we can help you do that a little bit more
1: yeah, absolutely. And and like I said, I think it just um I think Minnesota culture in, in particular is a little bit more um uh not crunchy, I guess is the best word I can. Great word. It. Great word. <laughs> and so like I like, you know, talked to other friends about it in other places before I, you know, mentioned it to people kind of around Minnesota even that um, you know, that's what I was trying to train for and things like that. People would like ask and I'd be like, Oh yeah, I mean, I'll definitely try, you know, but it wasn't like, yeah, that's my goal, that's what I'm training for and like Um, but now I'm, that's exactly, I mean, it was Mm -hmm. always the case, but like, that's, you know, I got to own it, you know?
0: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. You better um, now. I mean, you keep winning, you, you're, you'll be there pretty (laughs) soon. And when, did you get any pushback, I guess? I mean, obviously you don't have to shout anyone out, but like, was there anyone like, oh man, why would you try and do that? I mean, I'm assuming everyone was like, hell yeah, go Kyra.
1: Yeah. And almost nobody was like that. Uh, the biggest thing is that, uh, speed climbing is the most different from, kind of like the outdoor climbing culture like i said it's only a competition sport Mm -hmm. and um so the biggest thing is like oh people are like why would you want to speed climb which is really really stupid as well because speed climbing is really cool it's super athletic it's amazing to watch i have so much respect for speed climbers um but for some reason it gets the most hate and so um that's the biggest question that people do they're like oh like what do you think about the speed climbing it's like oh it's it's fine it's fun it's cool you get to see your progress like it's um and yeah it's so that was kind of um, the biggest kind of pushback, I
0: guess. Mm. That and I then here's a question I should have asked before, but it just came to my head now. With with learning or not learning, but working so much more on the lead climbing and the speed climbing, have you seen yourself improving in bouldering through either the the techniques or, or just through the, the endurance side or the speed side? Have you seen that kind of shift or um, influence kind of what you're doing in bouldering or, or really in any of the three, have you seen kind of, Increases from what you've been able to learn from each of them?
1: Uh, yeah, I definitely find that I feel the best in speed climbing when I feel the best in bouldering. So if I feel like strong and powerful, uh, my speed climbing feels snappy and fast, I guess is how I can put that. Um, same thing kind of goes for lead if I am in really good bouldering shape. Um, moves just kind of feel easier in general. Uh, but the way that you lead climb, you kind of need to conserve energy, whereas the way that you boulder, you kind of use that energy. And so you have to kind of be able to make the moves easy, but then continue making the moves easy for lead climbing. So I think lead climbing has actually been the thing I've struggled with the most.
0: Very interesting. Well, thank you for answering that. I, again, that probably should have been a couple of questions ago, but hey, we get there when we get there, right? So I appreciate it. So you won the Pan American Championships and then in 2019, only like a couple months ago, I don't know exactly when the competition was, but if I'm not mistaken, it was like a month ago, I watched you on TV, which is a big reason why I wanted to reach out and, and see the opportunity to get to uh, have a conversation with you. Um, you won the, what was it? The climbing U.S. Climbing Combined Invitational. Um, congratulations on that. So now that's two gold medals. What Tell us a little bit about exactly what that event was and what that meant to actually win it. Because again, it's it's a little muddy waters and I'm going to mess it up if I say it. So I'll just let you I'll let you take it because I'm sure you've answered this question more than once.
1: Yeah. So this competition was the first competition in the Olympic format that we've had in the U S and so why we had it was that this year we wanted to choose our team who will go to the world competition. So that's world cups, world championships. Um, We wanted to choose our team to emphasize combined athletes. Because that's what the format of the Olympics is. And to qualify for the Olympics, you have to do that through these World Cup competitions. So basically, we want people to qualify for the Olympics. They need to go to the World Cups to do that. And then we need to select people who are good at the combined to go to the World Cups is kind of the, the mm-hmm. thought process there. Um, and so in order to do that, we added this new competition, the combined invitational which had an emphasis on combined. So the only medal at that event was a combined medal. And the way it worked was we did a qualifying round for bouldering, a qualifying round for lead climbing, and a qualifying round for speed climbing, kind of all separate. And then they took our ranks for those events and then put us into a final where there was eight athletes in the final. And then you do all three events in one day. And so you start with the speed, you go to the bouldering, and then you do lead. Uh, and then they take your ranks and they multiply them together, and the person with the lowest score wins basically and so I ended up getting third place in speed climbing then I won the bouldering round and then by some miracle (laughs) I won the lead climbing round as well um which I was just saying that lead climbing isn't my favorite so I was not expecting that and so I actually only had a score of three which is like quite good for a final round um and then I think the next place person I don't remember but I think got like second 5th and 8th or something like mm-hmm. that. It was, I don't remember. but um, So it, the way it works out is really interesting.
0: That is really interesting. And congratulations. First one on US Doyle. I, where was it held? It was in Salt Lake City. Oh, okay. Very cool. Very nice place. So that's awesome. Well, congratulations. You won that. So with that, you're now one of four females and four males, correct? That yeah, are so going it- to be...
1: Yeah, it guaranteed me a spot on the combined team, which is four males and four females. Okay. We actually get six places at the um, World Championships, which is actually happening next week. Um, and so, uh, but I'm still in the top four. And so the next two places in the combined also get to go.
0: Very nice. Well, congratulations. That'll be incredible. Where are the World Championships being held?
1: They're actually held in Tokyo. Um, oh, perfect. So it'll be from the, uh, the 11th of August to the 21st, I believe. And So, so
0: it, is it going to be on the same course that you will be competing on in the Olympics potentially?
1: Uh, I don't believe so. I don't think it's quite finished being built yet. And it's also going to be outside during the Olympics. Ooh. Uh, which is going to be really, really hot. And so um, they're trying to, I think, avoid <laughs> that for as much as possible. We're going to be inside at this event.
0: Yes, that makes sense. That's one thing people don't realize Tokyo um, and Japan in uh, July and August is not pleasant. Um, but you're going to do great, and that's fine. And uh, we'll be rooting for you, Kyra, and that's really all that matters, right? Um, so then the qualification process, I don't know if we really, how deep we went in on that. So what is that like? So you're now one of four women and four men that are on the team how exactly from there do you then get to go to the olympics
1: yeah so i guess the way to start off explaining that is that we don't get like an olympic trials in the u.s like we don't get to have an olympic trials where then you know the top four people get to go to the olympics it actually is like um you actually have to qualify via like world competitions uh there's a limit of 20 men and 20 women And there's also a limit of a maximum of two per gender per country. So the U.S. Mm. can have a maximum of two guys and two girls who qualify. Um, And that's the same for every country. Japan only gets two men and two women. You know, Slovenia, a really good, really strong country, um, only gets two men and two women. Austria, same thing. So um, the first method of qualification is to get top seven at the world championships, which are next week. And so the top seven in the combined final will make it to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. The next method is, uh, and this is why it was important to do the World Cups, is the top 20 combined athletes from the World Cups, excluding those seven people who made it from the World Championships, get an invite to uh, Toulouse, which is uh, a city in France where there's going to be another qualification event. Then the top six people from the combined final at that event get an get a invitation to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And then the final way for an American to make it is that there will be a Pan-American Olympic qualifying event and the winner of that event will get to go to the Olympics and each continent gets one of those. So there'll be an African championship championship championship, a European championship, an Asian championship and the Pan-American championship. And so the winners of each of those will get to go, but you know, Americans can't go to the, like the oceanic championship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So the three places where Americans can make it to the Olympics are the world championships, the Toulouse qualification event, and the, um, Pan American championship.
0: Wow. That last one's going to be intense. Just make it this coming week and then we don't even have to worry about the rest of them. So how's that sound?
1: That would would be amazing.
0: Yes. So, and
1: and then the other thing is that the world championships will be the most competitive event of the entire year because there isn't that limit of 20 people. And there isn't that limit of, you know, two per country. So, you know, Japan has six athletes who are all amazing, especially for the men and, and the women. But, um, you know, only two of them will be at the Olympics. So it's, it's very interesting. So this event this weekend will be or this next week will be really amazing to watch.
0: And so I'm assuming there is the opportunity for some of these stronger climbing countries, as you alluded to, Slovenia, if I'm not mistaken, Austria. They could potentially have three in that top seven, right?
1: They technically could, but then, yeah, they're only able to send two.
0: But then that other one would essentially drop off.
1: Yes. So in that case... Their invite would be passed down.
0: Wow. That's intense.
1: It is really intense. Oh, my goodness. It's it's kind of like you're competing against the world, but you also have to be one of the top two in your country.
0: Absolutely. So... Thankfully, you hated team sports. So that makes life a little bit easier, (laughs) right? I guess. But like, what is that? like?
1: Um, Yes, I was gonna
0: say, I'm assuming you really like them and your friends. And I'm sure you've known them for a really long time. But you know, especially with something this huge on the line, especially being the inaugural time that climbing is going to be in the Olympics. Like, it's you against the, the wall, right? It's you against the rocks. There's really, you know, it's, the better you do, the better you do. There's really nothing you can, you can do about your opponents. But like, what is that like understanding that, okay, there's four of us now, but there's only a maximum of two of us going. So it's not like you can team up on the other one or the other two people, but what, what is that relationship like? And how do you kind of take, take away or, or, or I guess, step off, um, and step aside kind of the, the relationship, but also the, the competition.
1: Uh, I think, honestly, a lot of us have done a really good job with that, which is one of the things I've always loved about climbing in general is uh, you form, like, really, really awesome relationships, and everyone is really supportive. It's, like, we're all, like, mega competitive as well. We all want to win, but, like, if you don't win, if somebody beats you, like, you know it's because they climb better, and, like, I think that's really amazing, and, like, we've all been able to maintain, like, really really solid friendships through everything and I think that's like really important within within climbing in general and it's I think another one of the things that's really drawn me to the sport um but yeah like this year it is different because there is that that limit of two per country and uh but we've all yeah handled it really well I think so
0: that's Uh, there hasn't been
1: too much issue with it yeah good
0: well hey you have the support of me and hopefully the entire community because you were the first one to come on so Kyra we really appreciate that and uh we got your back um so then yeah obviously this is qualifying for the 2020 olympic games which would just be incredible the first time that rock climbing is in the games and i'm sure it will not be the last um actually did they even did they say and it's going to be there in 2024 yet i know some sports have been put back and taken off and, and all that i don't know if i hadn't
1: Yeah, so we did get accepted into the 2024 Olympic Games. It's preliminary, I believe. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, say something goes terribly wrong, let's just not even think about that. But say something did during uh, the 2020 Games, then I think we still have the chance of not being included. But we were accepted, and we actually were given two medals for 2024. And so the way that format will work then is we're splitting off speed climbing because it's the most different, um, and they'll get their own medal. And then uh, lead and Bouldering will be a combined event. And then they'll get a medal.
0: Interesting. So you're, you're it'll
1: training. Also, it'll also double the number of athletes or yeah.
0: That's awesome. So there'll
1: be 20 speed athletes and then 20 lead and bouldering athletes for men then and women.
0: Your training gets to completely change one more time. So that's great. How awesome is that? <laughs> Always changing. As you said, rock climbing is never the same. So I love that. Um, so that's a lot about the sport. I don't think we missed too much there. Definitely want to learn a little bit again, just more about you. So obviously, as you said, um, graduated from university of Minnesota. Um, what was the exact degree again?
1: Uh, I got animal science with a uh, pre-vet focus. So I yes. took a bunch of the pre-med classes and things like that, Ooh, which you need that, to know uh, as pre-red school. Super med cool.
0: School. So obviously after rock climbing, once your competitive career is over, which probably sounds like 2028, 2032, somewhere around there. So we got, you know, 18, um, 12, 12, to 8, 12 more years. I'm confident in that. Um, veterinarian schools, I guess, uh, the next, uh, the next bucket list item.
1: Yeah, I would say so. So I think, you know, if things don't go to plan and this Olympics, you know, doesn't work out for me, I would definitely focus on 2024. Uh, I'm still going to be only 26, which is kind of peak age, honestly, for female athletes. And I'm not in school. I'm able to focus on my training and things like that. And so um, that would probably be the next thing on my mind after a couple seasons of World Cups and stuff like that. I have goals for just other normal international competitions as well. Um, And then hopefully go to vet school after that. Uh, gotta get accepted into that of course um and then you know kind of like climbing luckily is like a lifelong sport you're able to do it recreationally and also you know training just in general because um of kind of the outdoor aspect kind of brings that lifelong aspect into it is really is is really why because you're able to travel and do these outdoor climbing trips and be in nature and use your sport in that way which is really cool and i think really unique to climbing
0: it is it absolutely is there's only so many sports where you can camp and then go do a sport and then come back and fall asleep again there's not too many of those so I think that that's incredible and again it sounds like you found something that you love more than pretty much anything else in the world so it sounds like you hit the jackpot so congratulations on that um what is it about uh, you said you didn't want to be big animals you wanted to you wanted to help small animals what exactly is it about small animals that you're drawn to that you actually do want to you know make this a potential lifelong career I guess
1: the biggest thing is that I'm, I'm vegetarian and so big animals, I love them, but, uh, it would make me very sad to, you know, kind of be a big animal vet because a lot of the time they go to, um, Mm -hmm. you know, things I don't want to think about. So, um, I wouldn't want to like, yeah, just make animals healthy so that they can then later be slaughtered, I guess. you know So, um, it would just, it's just not the job for me for sure. Um, I'd prefer being like a pet, uh, like a pet vet, you know, and, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I just, I love animals and, uh, everything that I really like the aspect of being a veterinarian where you get to do like kind of everything it's like mm-hmm. uh, I guess maybe I'm just a little bit ADHD and that's what I like about climbing too is that it's always different being a vet is always different you get to be the dentist you get to be the surgeon you get to be the daily practitioner like it's it's kind of everything and that's always really intrigued me
0: never a boring day in climbing never boring day in veterinarian brie what nice word mike awesome all right cool and okay so this is the last question and i didn't tell you about this beforehand but this is something i recently watched free solo and i knew he was going to make it because i heard all the interviews after but that's crazy so what are some of your favorite climbing documentaries slash movies that maybe some people out there like myself who's pretty interested um but haven't really paid attention till very recently that maybe i should check out maybe watch a little bit of
1: Uh, I guess so, well, Don Wall uh, with Tommy Caldwell and Kevin Jorgensen is really, really amazing. I think it's a great storyline and uh, really shows, like, kind of the perseverance that a lot of climbers have. Uh, Tommy is, like, just a a great example of that. Um, And then, otherwise, like, just climbing videos, if you want just to go on, like, the internet and, like, check check it out in general. Um, There's a channel called Mellow on YouTube, which has, like, a bunch of outdoor climbing and um, kind of things like that in all different varieties. So. Um, I would say those are the two things that I can think of off the top of my head.
0: Heck yeah. That movie was insane though. I watched Free Solo probably like a week and a half ago and, um, yeah, it was crazy. Did you, did you, have you seen it?
1: I have seen it. It's really wild. Yeah.
0: It w- wild is an understatement. My girlfriend and I were sitting on the couch. We're like, why are hands sweaty? Like we don't understand. We're not doing anything. What's going on? Um, but that was crazy, but awesome. Kyra, thank you so much. First time we had a USA rock climbing member on. So thank you so much, Kyra Condi. As I said, USA rock climbing potential 2020 Olympian currently on Team USA if we want to call it that. Kyra, sincerely, thank you so much and good luck next week at the World Championships. We'll be rooting for you. Thank you so much. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Our Athletes with Kyra Kondi. As I said, absolutely incredible person, all the things that she's doing. It was so much fun getting to learn about rock climbing and how it's going to be in the Olympics and how it's already pretty much locked in for the 2024 game. So hopefully we get to see Kyra a couple times over the next few years. But as I said, she explained so much of the sport and got people that aren't super familiar, especially with the process around the Olympics, which I think is important. It's not familiar to anybody doing it. So it's I'm very grateful we had the opportunity to speak to a rock climber and really hear and understand what that's going to be like moving forward so if you can please follow Kyra on all her social medias everything's in the show notes make sure to follow us as well everything's in the show notes please 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 rate this show five stars or whatever stars on the podcast platform of choice it really does help get this in front of more and more people that way these incredible stories that we get to talk about all the time are shown to the most amount so thank you all so much please shoot me an email michael at athletes.us if you have any feedback constructive criticism or if there's an athlete out there that you know or just like me to reach out to see if i can get them on the show that's always important so thank you all so much sincerely appreciate it and hope you make it a wonderful day